And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a great week. Um, a lot to get to today, a, a whole lot to get to today, um, and uh, just a solo show. I've, I've been having a ton of guests lately, so I figured I'd do a solo show here on uh, this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Um, and I'm going no notes. I just <laughs> some things on my mind I want to talk to you guys about. No notes in front of me. Uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, I'm going to answer some uh, some questions from listeners. I haven't done that in a few weeks, so I'm going to answer some listener mail here uh, towards the end. Uh, yeah, before I get to uh, the show today, um, guys, follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod if you haven't already, and subscribe. you got to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. All right, first, <laughs> first up, uh, this this is just tremendous. This is tremendous stuff. Uh, Steven Crowder, the, the popular conservative YouTuber, uh, comedian, he's absolutely hilarious. I try to catch his show whenever I can. He, it's really funny stuff. I'm sure most of you guys are already familiar with Crowder. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he's, he's been under a ton of heat from the left, from the, the rabid left, uh, trying to get him to apologize for offensive jokes because Steven is, of course, a comedian who makes offensive jokes. Um, in my opinion, offensive comedy is kind of the only funny comedy out there. Uh, show me a clean comic who can make me laugh. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't see it. Um, comedy is inherently supposed to be offensive. It's supposed to point out things that that make us uncomfortable. That's what comedy does. So anyway, the, the less been attacking Crowder, trying to get him to apologize for being a comedian. So he gave him what they wanted. Sort of a twenty-minute-long fake apology, where he uh, "quote unquote" apologizes for all the offensive things he's ever said on his show, while just reading the transcripts of the offensive jokes. It is absolutely brilliant, and this is how you should handle the mob: give the mob the middle finger when the mob comes for you. Laugh in their face. Now, I'm not going to play the whole thing; it's like twenty minutes long. But I just picked a random section from the middle because it's all funny. You guys should look it up. I think it's just called "I'm Sorry." On, on Steven Crowder's Twitter uh, channel, so or uh, YouTube channel rather. So yeah, I'll, I'll play a short clip of his uh, his apology. I'd also like to issue an apology to the fine people of Great Britain for perpetuating the hurtful stereotype that the British people are incapable of basic dental hygiene. My deepest apologies to Alexandria Casio Cortez for the callous AOC deep thought sketch, which equates AOC with a bug-eyed cartoon too stupid to form cogent thoughts and may perhaps suffer from a form of early-onset dementia, which I now know is no laughing matter ever. I apologize. To Marvel Comics, I would like to apologize for my statement that your catalog of crappy films was surpassed only by your casting of social justice warrior pussies for calling your standout star Infinity Twink. And to DC Comics, I'd like to apologize for saying that you wish you were Marvel. I'd like to issue an apology to Bernie Sanders, for not only mocking his socialist and authoritarian viewpoints without mercy, but also for my inaccurate portrayals of him, including, but not limited to, Gilbert Godfrey Bernie, Dr. Jekyll Bernie, Russian commie Bernie, professional stripper Bernie, and all other Bernie incarnations therein. 
I'd like to apologize to the always stunning and brave Caitlyn Jenner for misgendering her and implying that she is not a real woman, also for insinuating that her downstairs resembles that of a crab rangoon. Also, I sincerely apologize for mocking the Women's March as, quote, just another excuse for HR to take a day off work. My deepest regrets to the Yorkshire Terriers and the Yorkie enthusiast community for implying that they are not real dogs and, quote, make good soup. So, yeah, this goes on for like 20 minutes. <laughs> Definitely check it out. It is hilarious. I, th- this whole backlash against Steven Crowder started with this guy who I'd never heard of before this. Uh, his name's Carlos Maza. Apparently he works for Vox. Um, and in his Twitter bio, he calls himself a Marxist. So, you know, obviously a, a charming guy. Uh, he just apparently Crowder had, had made jokes about him, made fun of him for like being gay or whatever, because I guess this guy's gay. His Twitter handle is at gay wonk. So, you know, whatever. Uh, creative there. But um, yeah, so apparently he has the sads, you know, Stephen Crowder's freedom of speech. Uh, to make jokes about whatever the hell he wants, and gave uh, Mr. Maza the sads. So he decided to try to uh, destroy Steven Crowder's career and get him kicked off of YouTube. Obviously, Steven Crowder is a YouTuber over at, at Blaze TV. And his entire business model is built off of YouTube. Uh, so this guy's literally trying to take Steven Crowder out of business because he doesn't like Steven Crowder's jokes, because he is triggered by Steven Crowder's jokes. Which I, I just don't understand this. I do not understand this culture that we're living in, people. Just don't li- like. Just don't watch his show. Like You don't have to watch Steven Crowder's show, for the love of God. If it offends you, don't watch it. If this podcast offends you, turn it off. I don't care. My goodness. So this guy, Carlos Maza, is trying to destroy Steven Crowder's career. Uh, apparently this morning, YouTube issued a statement saying, like, although we, we do think Steven Crowder is offensive, he didn't break any of our guidelines. We're not going to kick him off, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, hey, you lose, uh, Carlos Maza. You know, shove it up your ass. Uh, but also, it's funny because Carlos Maza has, has tweets explicitly calling for violence against conservatives, actually calling for violence. See, the left has been, uh, they have this new thing. These people are just the worst. The left has this new thing where they're throwing milkshakes at people that they don't like. They call it milkshaking. They they milkshake people. Like they go to, you know, Baskin Robbins and buy a milkshake and throw it at conservatives if they find them in public. Which, yikes, guys. Like that that's the, you're real tough guys. <laughs> Can you imagine? These are adults. These are adult human beings going and purchasing a milkshake and throwing it at people whom they disagree with on politics. One, what a bitch move. Can you imagine being such a bitch that you think you're being a tough guy by throwing a milkshake at someone? All right, I'm I'm from Toledo, Ohio, okay? I grew up in a real blue-collar town. Like, what is wrong with these rich, white, college leftists? (laughs) Like, whatever happened to a fist fight, ladies and gentlemen? My goodness, you're throwing milkshakes now? Yeah, somebody accost me in public with a milkshake and see what happens. You're going to get knocked out, son. Sorry. Like, come on. If you commit assault, even if with something as bitchy as a milkshake, I'm still going to punch you in the face. But yeah, here, here's a quote from uh, Carlos Maza after you know Republicans were getting milkshakes thrown at them at somewhere, some kind of rally or something. Uh, he says, quote, milkshake them all, humiliate them. At every turn, make them dread public organizing. Okay, so assault people you disagree with, but if somebody's speech offends you, try to ruin their career. This guy is so delusional that he th- he's calling for violence against conservatives. 
and also trying to get conservatives kicked off of YouTube if they make offensive jokes. But these people are beyond parody. They are utterly beyond parody. Like, oh my goodness, trying to ruin somebody's career because they're offensive to you or something like that. Lots of things are offensive to me. Lots of things are offensive to me. Nickelback is offensive to me. Imagine Dragons is offensive to me. Half of you guys on Twitter are offensive to me. Communism is extremely offensive to me. Things like late-term abortion, that's very offensive to me. The left loves that. My goodness. Calling for violence, calling for assault against conservatives and then bitching and moaning because of free speech. Letting free speech give you the sads. Pro tip, guys. Free speech cannot bring you down. Just turn the channel. If you don't like Fox News, if you don't like CNN, turn the channel. Don't boycott their sponsors. If you don't like this show, delete it. Who cares? If you don't like Steven Crowder, I mean, find another YouTube show, man. There's thousands of them. Relax. It's just freedom of speech. All right, on to uh, some depressing news in the world of politics today. Uh, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, who I'm a big fan of, um, one of the few members of Congress that actually care about reining in the the crazy uh, deficit spending uh, and, and balancing the budget, something that all Republicans used to claim to be all about. Uh, he uh, introduced legislation called the Pennies Plan, which is a very modest, reasonable, conservative plan to slowly reduce spending and eventually balance the budget. Of course, it went nowhere. Uh, this is from Tiana Lowe over at the Washington Examiner. Uh, that was a nice decade of Republicans pretending to care about our $22 trillion national debt and annual multi-trillion dollar deficit. But as of Monday, we can safely say the Tea Party is over. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky introduced about his reasonable an attempt to rein in our, our exploding deficit with his pennies plan, which would cut 2% from on-budget spending per year for the next five years. Additionally, Paul's plan would expressly protect Social Security, including... Uh, instructions to make the individual income tax reforms passed by President Trump permanent and expand access to health savings accounts. It's a modest but tangible step in the right direction. It wouldn't solve our debt crisis, but it would ameliorate it somewhat. So naturally, a large bipartisan majority voted to block it from the Senate floor. What a surprise. Only 22 senators voted for the pennies plan. 22 senators. There is no reason for any senator to vote against this. This is just common sense. But of course we knew the Democrats would vote against it. All they want is power. They, they do not care about anything except power. If they want to destroy future generations, if they want to bankrupt the country, they don't care as long as they have power right now. And they, they view the only way for, for their party, the Democratic Party, to obtain more power is to give more people more free shit. So they don't care about spending. Uh, we knew that. And obviously the two independents... In, in the Senate, Bernie Sanders, who's a communist, and, and Agnes King of Maine, who's essentially a socialist, we're obviously going to vote against it as well. But the Republicans, why? Why in God's name would a Republican vote against this? Credit where credit's due, here are the 22 yay votes in the Senate, the 22 Republicans that voted to advance Senator Paul's legislation. Barrasso, Blackburn, Braun, Cornyn, Crapo, Cruz, Danes, Ernst, Fisher, Grassley, Isaacson, Kennedy, Langford, Lee, Paul, Reich, Romney, Sass, Scott, Shelby, Tillis, and Toomey. Good for them. Good on them. Those are the 22 senators, the 22 out of 100 sitting senators that are actually fulfilling their constitutional obligations and trying to protect our children and grandchildren from 
catastrophe. There's a lot of names omitted from that list. There's a lot of Republicans that either didn't vote or voted against it. How about Marco Rubio? Marco Rubio was elected during the Tea Party movement. He was a Tea Party guy. He was elected in what? He's, uh, let's see, that was eight years ago. So, well, I guess, yeah, 2010. He was elected in 2010, which was kind of the beginning of the, the Tea Party movement on, on a platform of fiscal responsibility and balancing the budget. That's why the people of Florida elected Marco Rubio and he voted against this. Rand Paul's pennies plan, it, it, it's modest. It is a very conservative piece of legislation. I mean, conservative by the definition of the word conservative, not politically conservative, although it is politically conservative. You guys know what I mean. It is very conservative. It doesn't touch, it does not touch entitlements pretty much. It doesn't cut Social Security. It does not raise the age of Social Security, which obviously should be raised. There's no reason that the the uh, retirement age is set at 65 right now. When Social Security was set at 65, the average life expen- expectancy in the United States was 63. The average life life expectancy is 79 right now. So by that metric, the age to where you can get Social Security should be 81. But I mean, at least at least do something about Social Security. At least raise it to to 70, right? That at least kicks the can down the road. Social Security is going to be insolvent in what is what is it like nine years now, eight years, something like that. Within the next decade, it's going to be insolvent. Marco Rubio voted against this. My senator Rob Portman, who campaigned on fiscal responsibility, voted against this. Mitch McConnell voted against this. Martha McSally voted against this. Why? There's no reason for this. This is as common sense a piece of of legislation as I've ever seen in my entire life. Good on Rand Paul for at least attempting to do something about this, and hopefully he reintroduces this piece of legislation every month until it finally goes somewhere. I don't know. I won't hold my breath. These people are just liars. Even the Republicans. It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. All right, you know what? I'm going to do some uh, some listener mail. I've not answered your guys' questions in a while. I have a few good ones. I have a few super sarcastic ones that I'm, I probably don't have time to get to. But <laughs> I, uh, I, I will read a few of these questions. I'll get to as much of them as I can. Uh, is, there, uh, is there an actual definition for an assault weapon? Or is it just meaningless rhetorical? Is it just a meaningless rhetorical weapon? Wow. Why can't I read today, guys? I'm having a weird day. I'm having one of those weird days. I don't know. I don't know. I'm covered in mosquito bites. I went fishing at night last night. Caught some catfish. It was brutal, though. I'm literally just itching head to toe. My goodness. Anyway. (laughs) This is from at Board in America. Okay. No name there, but all right. Yeah, is there an actual definition for an assault weapon or is it just a meaningless rhetorical weapon? Obviously, it is a meaningless rhetorical weapon. There is no legal definition of an assault weapon. Um, But when the left says assault weapon, they just mean a gun that looks scary, you know? I mean, there's no... or Some leftists just assume that by assault weapon, people mean a fully automatic weapon, but fully automatic weapons have been illegal in the United States since the mid-'80s. I think it was 1984, 1985 was the uh, automatic weapons ban. So yeah, we haven't been able to purchase automatic weapons in 35 years. Okay, so that's completely irrelevant. You heard Barack Obama do an interview last week. Last week. Barack Obama is not an idiot. He's not a stupid man. He knows he's lying. 
He said, you know, how easy it is to buy automatic weapons. You know you're full of shit. You know that's not true. You haven't been able to purchase automatic weapons in 35 years. But no, there's no such thing as assault weapon. Rifles are just rifles. So, like, the left doesn't call, like, a .30-06 an assault weapon because it looks like a hunting rifle. It shoots three oh eight rounds. I mean, in a in AR-15 also. AR-15s also shoot three oh eight rounds. It just, it's black and it looks scary. Maybe they're just racist. Maybe the left just really hates black things. That's why they call them assault weapons. Because if it has like a, a wood-colored stock, it's not an assault weapon. But if it's black, man, yeah, they're just racist. That's all it is. That's all it is. This is... From... <laughs> all right, this is from a parody account. I know this guy, Troll Basement. What's your opinion on authentic Mexican cuisine? <laughs> um, I uh, I really don't like Mexican food, uh, mostly just because of this diet I'm, I'm on. I'm on the keto diet, so I don't eat any corn or uh, or rice or wheat. So, like, I don't really eat tacos or anything. I just get, like, taco salads and stuff. So I, I haven't really been eating a lot of Mexican food the last few years. But I, I do like authentic Mexican cuisine. I like trying new things. I was in El Paso on tour at the band a couple years ago, and I got a... Uh, uh, a lingua taco salad, which was good. Lingua is a uh, cow tongue. Ate the old tongue. It was pretty good. I tried, uh, actually, I was at a Mexican place with my family a few months ago, and I tried tripe for the first time. I had tripe soup. If you don't know what tripe is, it's uh, the stomach lining of a cow. It's a cow stomach lining in a soup with, like, onions and garbanzo beans with, like, some beef stock broth. It was actually pretty good. It's a uh, tripe. It's a... Uh, the, the texture is like octopus. It's like real chewy. It's like octopus or like calamari or something. But it, And then it tastes like a mix between just like beef and like bacon or something. I don't know. It's not bad. Like it's chewy. It's real it, al dente. But uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. I assume by uh, authentic Mexican, Mexican cuisine, you mean like some weird stuff, you know. I know, like, uh, in real authentic Mexican places, they'll serve uh, this little animal called uh, javelina. I've never tried javelina. A, b- a bunch of people say it's not good, but, I don't know, it's like this little, like, pig-like, like, rodent thing that they have down in Mexico. They'll make uh, they'll make tacos out of, like, beef and javelina. I've never tried it, but, hey, I will eventually. I will eventually. All right, this one is from uh, Justin Gabbard. What's your thoughts on Draymond Green and the NBA owners, who said the NBA owners should change their names because it has a slave master mentality. Yeah, this, uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, for anyone who, who doesn't, hasn't heard this latest uh, woke, fake controversy, Draymond Green, who's the all-star uh, power forward for the Golden State Warriors, said that uh, NBA owners shouldn't be called owners. Like the guy that owns the team shouldn't be called, it's like, you know, a reference to slavery or something. Um. I mean, that's like, that's just ridiculous. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like, saying you're an owner does not mean you're, it, it's not a reference to slavery. Like, ownership pre- of things predates slavery by thousands of years. I mean, like, the term owner is not a, a slave reference. It's an effort, it's a reference to, like, free markets and capitalism and fr- just personal freedom and property rights. Being an owner is good. I'm a homeowner. Does that mean that calling myself a homeowner is a reference to slavery? I'm a small business owner. Does that mean, <laughs> like, is anybody who owns a bar, is the guy that owns the bar up the road, 
referencing slavery because he owns a bar? How about if you own a car? Is the car your slave? No, you're allowed to own things. You're allowed to own property. Like, like saying you shouldn't be called an owner. That's like communist propaganda. It truly is. I mean, communists don't believe in private property, right? They don't want anybody to be an owner of anything. They want the government to own you. They want the you. They want the entire like Bernie Sanders wants the entire American population to be slaves of the government. My goodness. So yeah, Draymond Green said this. I believe he said it on LeBron James's uh, HBO show, The Shop, uh, which can be good. I've watched a couple episodes that were pretty good. But uh, yeah, like this is just nonsense, man. This is nonsense. I mean, I guess his 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 point is that the majority of NBA players are black. So, and the majority of the owners are white or something like that. But I mean, these white billionaire owners are playing, are paying these black basketball players like millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, or hundreds of millions of dollars to play the sport that they love. So that's not exactly slavery. And also they could just leave at any time. Hell man, it's the NBA. Even if they're under contract for 10 more years, they can still just demand a trade and they'll trade them. Like contracts don't even matter in the NBA. <laughs> like these guys are any like literally out of any profession, like any job in the United States of America, a professional basketball player is the farthest possible thing from slavery. They get whatever they want, they get paid hundreds of millions of dollars, and they can get out of their contract for essentially any reason just by complaining. <laughs> like, this is absolutely ridiculous. No, Draymond Green is a complete idiot. It's not a reference to slavery to, uh, to, for the owner of a company to be called the owner of a company. And a couple teams have already, I know the Golden State Warriors and I think the, uh, the LA Clippers, have already uh, have already like changed the what they call the owner. I think they're calling him like the chairman or something, which is just inaccurate. I mean, they're not a chairman. They they bought the team. They own the team. They're an owner. Stop it. Just stop it. Not everything can be offensive. Not everything can be racist. I mean, if everything's racist, then nothing is racist. It's such a dangerous thing, man. It's such a dangerous proposition. It's such a dangerous proposition. I mean, if everything's racist, if everything's a, a, akin to slavery, then nothing is. Our culture has ruined the term racism, which is dangerous because real racism actually does exist. And the left is trying to do the same thing. I mean, they've moved on past racism at this point. Now they've moved on to rape, right? They're trying to make rape a useless term, which is extremely dangerous because rapists actually exist. Rape does occur. And if you're a rapist, you should spend the rest of your life in prison. But the left is ruining the term rape. Now, if you're a woman and you get catcalled on the street, that's rape. If you have sex with a guy and then you regret it a week later, that's rape. Come on, guys, relax. These terms are now meaningless, and that's dangerous to the actual victims of these crimes. All right, one more question. Oh, all right, this was... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to give the Twitter handle because uh, I don't... Uh, it'll, it'll give him... I don't want to blow this guy. I don't want to reveal his real identity. So, from Anonymous... And this, this is supposed to be a sarcastic question, but I'll, I'll answer it seriously. I'll give a serious answer to this uh, ironic question. Um, what are the effects of fake news on the culture? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of what I was just saying about the whole, like, rape stuff and the, the racism stuff. Like, fake news has a, a horrible effect on our culture. I mean, like, when somebody calls somebody racist, at least, and I, I shouldn't do this. I feel bad about this, but if... I'm on Twitter and somebody's accused of being a racist, I automatically assume they're not a racist. Because we've seen it so many times. There's been so many, uh, you know, race hoaxes. The Jesse Smollett stuff. 
claiming that white Trump supporters beat him up when they were his buddies that he paid to fake beat him up, right? We see this. And it's not just race hucksters like that. It's not just the Al Sharptons of the world propagating these hoaxes. It's the entire media. It's the entire corporate press. I mean, fake news, we don't trust each other anymore because of fake news. And it's not just the media. Everybody hates the media. Nobody trusts the media. Nobody should trust the media. But we don't even trust each other. If you see some anonymous person that could be your neighbor, could be your cousin, could be your somebody you went to high school with on Twitter claiming that they were a victim of a hate crime, like you almost assume that they weren't because everybody just lies about this shit all the time. And the media backs them up. Look at the Covington Catholic kids. Oh, these kids were racist against this Native American. No, they weren't. It was all it was, it was a complete lie. It was completely fabricated. It was completely invented by the corporate press, the enemy of the American people. Oh, and by the way, I, uh, I, I've started using the term corporate press. I, I do not call them the mainstream media anymore. And uh, I heard a good explanation for that by a guy named Michael Malice. He's a libertarian um, author and, and podcast host. I think his uh, podcast is called You're Welcome uh, over on Gas Digital. Uh, but he, he's written, uh, written a couple books, his new book out about the alt-right, uh, right now. Uh, I think it's called, uh, the new right or something like that. Um, it's like a deep dive into like these awful racists and stuff. And then he also wrote, uh, uh, Dear Reader, which is a biography of, uh, Kim Jong-il, um, Kim Jong-un's father. And it goes through like the evils of the communist, um, North Korean government and their history. But, uh, he, he calls, the uh, the media, the corporate press, not the mainstream media. And he explained why. And I, I actually adopted that practice after hearing his explanation because there's nothing mainstream about what the media does. There's nothing okay about what the press is doing. Like, we're normalizing these monsters by calling them the mainstream media. Like, this show, this podcast is more mainstream than what goes on on CNN and MSNBC on a daily basis. Like, I just have conversations about politics and government and culture and, and talk a little shit with my friends, and I record it and put it on iTunes. That's a heck of a lot more mainstream than what CNN does. There's nothing mainstream or normal about attempting to overturn the results of a presidential election and stage a, a coup to remove a sitting president. Like, that, that, that is not normal. That is not mainstream. That is evil, that is anti-American, that is anti-democratic, that is dangerous, that is not normal or mainstream. We shouldn't even normalize these monsters by calling them the mainstream media. And he also uh, uses the term corporate press to try to get some leftists on board with not trusting the media because they hate corporations, right? <laughs> and all like the whole like, you know, mainstream, quote unquote mainstream media, they're owned by these multinational corporations. Like, you know, the Washington Post is owned by Amazon, you know, Jeff Bezos and, you know, CNN. They're all owned by, you know, it's all these multinational corporations and leftists hate corporations for some reason. So by calling them the corporate, like one, they are the corporate press, but also by using that terminology, maybe you can, you know, convey how ridiculous these people are to people on the left as well, get some more people on our side uh, in terms of our distrust of the media. But yes, that's why I call it the corporate press, not the mainstream media. There's absolutely nothing mainstream or normal, nothing that should be normalized about what is on CNN on a daily basis. It is absolutely despicable. So hopefully I answered you guys' questions. Uh, keep it up. I hope, I'll try to do this more often. I'll try to, every couple weeks, I'll try to do a listener mail. This is a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit shorter one today. But hey, I've been, I've been giving you guys some longer podcasts lately. And uh, yeah, i got a couple great guests coming on next, next week. So stay tuned. 
Love you guys. I always appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for all the great feedback I've been getting lately. Uh, That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I will be back on Monday. No gimmicks. (laughs) Thank you.